Hey, what's up, guys? We're back. This is PB&J. I'm here with Brian. Brian, what's going on, dude? Hey, how's it going? Man, um, we've pretty much spent the entire afternoon um, trying to get some reservations for D23, right? Yeah, that that didn't work out well at all. Yeah, just really quick. So what what happened was um, there's a reservation time to go into the panels and to shop or, or meet talents like the actors or whoever for whatever Disney's doing. And there's a reservation time on Friday at noon. So we all, you know, we show up and we get on our browsers and apps and try to sign up. And then, you know, it, it crashed right away, right? Yeah. And, we, and then, we, <laughs> yeah, then we get a message that says, come back at one. And then we try again at one, and then it says come back tomorrow at noon. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. It kind of it killed a few hours because, like, you know, we we got on a little early, you know, just to make sure, right? You know, right. I was on at eleven thirty just to make sure, and then and then it takes about 10, 15 minutes to get to send that message out saying, oh, you know, you know our site's down. Try again at one. So then, okay, so I'll just sit here. I got something to eat, and then just sit here for another hour, and then same thing happens again. Site goes down. And then you wait another 10, 15 minutes, and it's like, oh, I'll come back tomorrow. So I was like, ah, it was like an hour and a half, two hours just sitting here. Um, and if, you know, for those of you who don't know, D twenty three is uh, next weekend, uh, May or not May, August twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth at the Anaheim Convention Center. Um, today they told us, well, they told us earlier in the week that today we can log in and reserve our spots for the big. Hall, the the Hall D23, right? Like kind of like the Comic Con, like the Hall H is the big, the big panel where they're gonna go over all the movies, as the Disney movies, Star Wars movies, Marvel movies, and and um, instead of having to wait in line and camp out, we can just reserve our spot, and we can just show up, which sounds great, right? It sounds in practice that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. But um, I, I personally am against this like online reservation thing, mainly because I have really bad luck when it comes to this. Um, it sounds crazy, but I'd rather wait in line on the day, the day before. And at least you have an idea of how long the lines are going to be. And it's not up to chance. And there's no randomness, randomness by going on online and, you know, just hammering away on the site until you get in. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were we were discussing this earlier and kind of it's like, like we're saying, it's like putting in putting the work in, right? You want to get into that hall age, then you gotta go stand in line, and you gotta right. and you you have to sacrifice um, a lot of stuff on Friday. Um, what you want, stuff you want to see, uh, you gotta sacrifice all that time, and you know when you get in, it makes it and it makes it worth it, right? When you're in there and you see everything, you're like, man, this is it was worth. It makes everything better, I think. Right. Well, even not, when we even when we walk in, everyone's excited, right? Like yeah. Because, put yeah. in all that effort to go in like for for this um I'm, I'm guessing people will just show up like an hour before like they're supposed to and just walk in like oh it's whatever you know we just got it online <laughs> so the reward is not there so right, that's right part of the fun right of, of going to these cons so yeah yeah i know when uh, uh at, at comic con when we're when we're in the shoot to go into hall h and everyone's everyone's fidgeting right everyone's anxious right. and they're fidgeting like are, are they gonna let us in you think they'll let us in when are they letting us in? And then they let in the shoe, and everyone starts cheering. Yeah. And even the even the uh, the volunteers working, the high fiving everybody, yeah. and they're going, "You congrats, you made it!" And everyone's screaming as they go in. It's yeah, it's fun. Wait, like then you're right. If if you just got we just got our reservation and showed up next week, we come walking up with a coffee and a donut. 
Hey, right. uh, where's the line at? Oh, it's right here. Oh, whatever. Because you got your spot, so you don't care. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that is that does make a a, a a big difference. It's it's not so much of an event as if just that as like Comic Con being out there. Uh, you're out there in line all day, and everyone's everyone in the whole line's nervous if they're gonna get a wristband, if they're gonna get rid of, get a get in or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you you meet some friends too in, in line. You just talk to random people around you, and you know it it's pretty fun. So, I mean, there's good and bad for both of these, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the good obviously is that you know you're you know way ahead of time if you're getting in or not, right? And you can plan your whole day, you can plan your whole Saturday. Um, you're not out there in the sun and stuff. Whereas with you know, and if you and if you do know you're in, you're cool, you know. So. Um, it's good and bad. There's good and bad. Um, this eliminates lines, but at the same time, you like you said, you're leaving everything the chance. You know what? What if I got in and you didn't? Right. So yeah. it's like okay, now now our group isn't together, and you know only some of us can enjoy it. So that's you know that kind of sucks too. Whereas at Comic Con, either you're all going or no one's going. <laughs> well, in my case, you know I might get in. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> group? What group? I've been here by myself the whole time. Yeah, I'm there by myself. <laughs> so we'll see what happens tomorrow, 12 o'clock. The last message told us uh, Saturday at noon. Try again. So we'll be back on uh, at noon tomorrow. I'll, I'll be on a little early again just to wait and see what happens and see if we get in. And uh, we'll uh, we'll update you guys, uh, all the listeners out there, uh, after D23, see, um, see the kind of stuff we, we get to see. And ho- hopefully we do get into the big hall so we can report on the – uh, the big movies coming out. Um, for sure, they're gonna go over Star Wars, right? Yep. Um, they'll probably go over the Marvel stuff a little bit. I know the Comic Con was the big um, reveal. I guess is I guess is the right word for it. Um, they went over everything, all the all the shows, all the movies. The actors came out. I don't know if they'll do that for this one. I think they will. I. I... I also think they might have a clip to show too. That's di- that's a new Comic Con. A new footage, something with new yeah. footage. Um, I do know the big difference is that at Comic Con it was a ninety minute just for Marvel, whereas here they got to cram it into the two hours. Right. It's very everything. quick. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's no. There's no one like standing there taking questions. I mean, there might be like a question or two, but it's mainly just for. Um, or Disney to show their entire lineup for the next year or two years since um, D23 is a is a expo every other year. Yeah, it's biannual, so they'll they'll go over their the big Disney releases. You know, um, what's the big remake coming? Uh, Lady and Tramp. Lady and <laughs> Tramp. Yeah, Lady and Tramp is coming. Yeah. Um, they'll probably go over that and um, Little Mermaid, right? Yeah. And there's one more Mulan. Oh right, I forgot about that one. Yeah, so those are all. I think those are all in the casting stages right now. So there's yeah. a ways to go for those ones. Uh, except Tom, Lady and the Tramp, I think they just might have just dropped the trailer. So they'll probably show footage of Lady and the Tramp. But yeah, all those all those big movies are crammed into two hours, so it's not quite like a Comic Con thing, um, but it's still cool to see though. Uh, last time, last time I went, which was four years ago now. Uh, Johnny Depp came out in his full um, Jack Sparrow outfit 
and fully in character because that, that was right before the the last one came out the last harry uh, not harry Potter, the last uh pirates came out so that was you know that was a big surprise and um he, i know he loves doing this kind of stuff so maybe he'll just show up just to show up i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see yeah so that was our uh that was our morning early afternoon adventure for the day But um, a real, the real topic we want to talk about today was um, not so much a review, but more of a discussion about um, Quentin Tarantino's newest movie. It came out uh, about a week or two ago, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, so not, not, not really a review, although we'll kind of go over that just a little bit. Since the reviews are already out there, you can go to Rotten Tomatoes, and they've been out there for a few weeks. Um, we just want to talk about it a little bit. And the main, the main reason I wanted to talk about it was... Uh, I was telling Brian a little earlier that this movie, to me, feels the like the most non-Tarantino Tarantino movie. Uh, and the the way the reason why I came to that uh, conclusion was uh, I had to convince my dad to go see this movie. He was talking about we were talking about it, and he's not he's not a Tarantino guy. Uh, he's a little old school. He doesn't really care for you know cussing too much or you know violence and you know that's just the way he is and stuff so i get it and obviously that's all tarantino movies right brian that's everything yeah. <laughs> well so that like, and yeah so what i enjoy about his movies is that there there's always these long drawn out scenes and some of them are just full of of pressure like you don't know what's going to happen like these yeah. really tense moments and um yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into it more, but yeah, that's one of his signature things. Other than the, you know, the some of the comedy and the and the violence that that are usually in his films. Yeah, his movies aren't. They're not. They're not like. They're not movies that are easy to watch. You don't just throw them on in the background as you're doing something. Right. Right. You you can't do that. They're 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 super dense. Like you said, there's very there's parts that are very tense and anxious and and it's hard to watch some like. Uh, uh, like uh, Django, Django has a lot of that, um, especially when it was dealing with something like slavery and stuff. Like that's a hard movie to watch. That's not one you just throw on. You <laughs> yeah. know, like oh, I have an hour to kill. Let me throw on Django. Um, so you know, I was explaining to, so I was telling my dad, I was like, you, I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know what, you might like this movie, and I, I kind of had to go through it and I, uh, talk, talk to him about it, and and I was able to change his mind, and I think the biggest takeaway from that is is that this movie especially for tarantino is very subtle in its world building and its storytelling um the way the way it, it it builds to the climax everything is very subtle he he drops hints about the story as you go in little pieces and it's up to you to pick it up on it and then all comes it all comes together at the end um but really, the movie it it and, and another good thing is is we're probably gonna spoil some stuff for you guys. But the best part is that I went to this movie not knowing anything. Like the trailers didn't show anything about the story. I just know the the very basics of it was we were gonna follow Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio's character Brett Dalton, um, and his stunt double, uh, Brad Pitt, um, who plays Cliff Booth, his stunt double. And really, you're just kind of following their life, right? That's yeah. And and but then you also knew the back um, that in the backdrop of all this was 
the Manson murders. Now, I had no idea how they were going to tie together. No clue, nothing. So we kind of came into it. And that was a, that was a brilliant part of the uh, marketing uh, department for this movie is they didn't explain anything. It was just, here's Leo, here's Brad, um, here's Sharon Tate. You know, and, and, and you see the Manson stuff and you're like, what, what is it going to be? So, so really, it's you're following these two guys and just going through their daily life. And as they're going through their life, you, you see little bits of the Manson stuff. You see the Manson family. They're digging in the trash, right? They're, uh, they're living on a compound. You see them hitchhiking. There's a scene where Charles Manson himself walks up to the Polanski house um asking for the previous tenant because that was his intended victim and then he leaves and the only tie-in to leo and brad is that leo's character lives next door to roman polanski right that's that's pretty much it they don't they don't they don't interact he just like there's one scene where he's telling brad pitt right oh man polanski lives right next door man i gotta talk to that guy he's a superstar um so really that's the basis of the movie and then just as the movie goes on uh, it doesn't. It still doesn't really tie together too much, right? No, it doesn't. I mean, all yeah. all three uh, pieces they're all very disjointed, right? Like, yes, yes. It, it seems like they could be three different stories on its own, and then it's only in the last half hour or so where they're all tied together. Right, right. You have you have you have Brad Pitt and Leo's story. You have Polanski and Sharon Tate's story. And then you have the Manson story going on. Not a whole lot across. So it was like, like I said, it was, it was very subtle in that you're kind of picking it up as you go. And he's just, and Tarantino just leaving, he's leaving just little nuggets uh, as the story goes on. And one, and one of the, uh, the, uh, the main parts that we talked about a lot, because there's been a lot of controversy over this too, was the depiction of Brad Pitt's character, uh, Cliff Booth. Um, as the story is going on, you find out that, and he doesn't even explicitly show this. It's just little things. Like they have a line where Leo says that he's a war hero. So it's like, okay, he's, he's a veteran. Okay. Um, and, and around this time, this would put, um, this was in the fifties. So it's kind of like Korean war. Yeah. It's assumed it's a Korean war. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a, there's a scene where he has a shirt off and you can see scars. Right. Okay. He's been through some stuff. Well, it could be from his stunt, doing his stunt work, too. Or I mean, that was, that was too, what yeah. I, I was thinking. But yeah. it could be from the war, too. I didn't think of right. that. Um, that's how I kind of picked up. But, but yeah, also, he's, he's a stuntman. And he, and so, you're okay, this guy's a tough guy. And um, you pointed out the scene where he needs to get on the roof to fix the the satellite dish, or the antenna. The right, antenna. And he does, it like, he does, like, a real parkour. He hops up there, like, in two or three jumps, like, super easy. So it's like, okay, well, this guy's got skills. Like, he's an athlete. Um, and then there's also the, uh, 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 a scene. So this is the, the scene with the controversy where he fights Bruce Lee and he's like winning. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're like, okay, this builds up that he's a tough guy. And at the end, and also another scene that uh, I put together too, or that I thought of was when he's on the compound with the Manson family and it's him and like how many people, 30, 40 people. Yeah, and he yeah. just he just walked into uh, see yeah. his friend, right? Yeah, his friend is there, and he's very suspicious of what's going on. They're telling him that oh, he's 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 cool with that with the whole Matson family living on this plot, 
you know, basically just mooching off him. He's cool. And he just like, well, I want to go talk to him. And there's like 30 or 40 kids there. And he doesn't, he's not scared at all. He walks in there, make sure everything's okay. He's standing up to all these kids, uh, beats the shit out of one guy who popped the tire, his, his, uh, on his car. Yeah. Um, beats the crap out of him and leaves and he just leaves. And you're like, wow, this guy's, this guy's legit. And then that all ties into the final act. Um, and, and it's just stuff like that where it's it's a little it's a little scene here it's a little scene there it's a little scene here and then boom it comes together at the end. Um, and same thing with the Manson family in the background. You you see them making their way to Hollywood, and you may see them kind of uh, up to something. You see you know Manson go to the house, and you know something's gonna happen. You're like oh man, what's gonna happen? What that was part for me. That was a, that was a anxious part for me was that you knew what was going to happen. You knew the Manson family were there. You knew the murders were going to happen. When were they going to happen and how? And just the way he built that up for the two and a half, almost three hours of the movie and brought it together at the end, I thought was, was great. Because once the ending hit, everything came together. It got super over the top, like Tarantino's movies are. And I was like, okay, that, and then the movie ends. It was funny. It was great. It worked, and boom, ended the movie off. I thought, I thought a movie that was a great ending. To be honest, I was like, wow, that's Karen. That, that's a Tarantino at his best. <laughs> that ending, uh, it was ridiculous. It was over the top, and it was funny. But it completely, completely worked. Um, and I guess, I guess we'll have to go into it, right, about what happened, so this this all makes sense. So we're gonna have to go into a spoiler warning, uh, spoiler territory here. Um, basically what happens is the Manson family, uh, go to the wrong house <laughs> in this story. They go, instead of going to the Plancy's house, they accidentally pull into Leo's house and him and Brad Pitt are staying there and Brad Pitt, uh, beats the crap out of all of them and they save the day. <laughs> like it, it's totally, totally, totally crazy. The scene is insane, super violent, um, makes no sense in real life like what like this doesn't happen there's a flamethrower gets involved <laughs> <laughs> and it's great it's super it, it's it's great and then like and it, it just works so well because of the way he set the movie up um i don't know brian what'd you think yeah um so going back so just a few things to add to that like um you know they added some he, there's some comedy in there when um you know, Brad Pitt decided to finally smoke that acid lace cigarette. Yeah, right? yeah. So he so he doesn't know uh he couldn't tell if those guys are real or not when, when he finally gets back home. So that that part was pretty funny. Um yeah, and then the flamethrower and then it just got super violent and turned to like it felt like almost like a zombie type movie, like you know, when when um those girls were getting stabbed or um getting beat up viciously like as if yeah. you know, trying to kill a zombie or something which is pretty crazy yeah, they, they get messed up they, yeah. get, they get jacked up but uh, uh he has a rapid has his dog bite a guy's balls off and right <laughs> <laughs> but again that's another thing uh, that he did great is there was a scene in the beginning of the movie where brad pitt has his dog so well trained where he's feeding him Mm-hmm. He puts his food in the dog, and then he the dog just has to sit there and not do. And then he doesn't eat until Brad gives him the the he gives him the okay. And then he goes to eat. So he's like, okay, he's a very well trained dog. So at the end, Brad's giving him these signals, and the dog is just wrecking everybody. And you're yeah. like, oh yeah, he's 
you get you know why you saw it earlier and um it's just i don't know it's just great world building by quentin at uh, this time and and like you know i was saying telling my dad too i was like there's really not a whole lot of violence or even cursing really until the very end of the movie um which is shocking because it's tarantino um and I, but I think the best part, the best part of the movie is how they focused on Leo and Brad. And man, they, if you want to see top notch, Oscar worthy acting, it's really, it's a masterclass in acting. Watch this movie. Leo and Brad are just incredible. And it's, they're incredible in this movie. There, there's a scene where Leo, so Leo's playing, he's kind of playing a, a fading actor, right? He had, he was a TV actor. Yeah. Um, who left the, he thought he was going to be a movie star, left the TV show, and his movie career didn't really hit. So he's very self, self-destructive. He hates, he hates that he left a successful show to be a movie star, and it failed. Yeah, and, and, uh, and um, Brad Pitt's character, like Cliff, he pretty much rides his coattails since he's yeah, a stuntman. Yep. He's so, a stuntman. He's like his, his gopher, pretty much. Right. So and, like his success is pretty much like uh, it depends on on Leo's character like like Rick's uh, success right so yeah yeah so you can see that kind of that weighs on Leo because like you know Brad's his best friend and he's he was he because Leo is doing so well he was doing well and now that Leo's not doing well he's not doing well so you see it, it weighs on him but there's a scene where Leo he gets cast as a, as a, as a villain in a TV show, like a guest starring, uh, role. And Leo is playing an actor acting in a show. And they, they film the scene, like, like Leo's doing the scene, like just like a regular show, like a regular movie. And then he messes up. Remember? Right. He goes, Oh my, he goes line, line. They give him the line and he gets flustered. And he goes, and he goes, fuck. And he gets up and he walks away and he goes, can we start over? And they're like, no, no. And you forget that you were watching a movie within a movie. And, and then they reset the camera. Okay, let's move the camera back. Okay, do the line. And, and, and Leo jumps. Okay, he calms himself down, jumps back in the scene. And it's like, dude, that's an actor playing an actor playing a, playing a, a role. That was really cool how they that reset the crazy. camera. Yeah. So the camera that the viewer is watching is the actual camera that's filming the episode. So you see it reset, so it goes back, and then yeah. <laughs> it just reset, and it goes again. So that that's a really good insight in how they film movies. You know, yeah, it's not, it's not as simple as we think it is. Where yeah, it was. Oh man, that was. And then you hear the director, and okay, you know what? We'll start. Uh, reset the camera. Reset the camera. Start from here and go. And he goes right back in, and finishes the scene out. And then afterwards, he goes back to his trailer, and he's so pissed that he blew the scene, or he felt he blew the scene. Remember, he's destroying his trailer. Yeah. And he's and he and he throws uh he throws his booze and stuff and and it was like oh man like this is just it was it was crazy well uh, and he, and he even threatened to like harm himself yeah if he, <laughs> if he screwed up again right so yeah but then he went out and he nailed it after he left the trailer so yeah yeah he was like yeah he would say something like if you drink again I'll you know I'll kill you and he's looking at the mirror and it's like whoa shit well, this guy is crazy and then. Uh, yeah, he get and then uh, he stops drinking. It makes him he makes him quit drinking. And then he kills it. He kills the scene, and uh, of the show, and almost feels like you know he's back and his you know, his career is back on track. Um, but I mean, a few years ago when Brad won when he won the Oscar for The Revenant, mm-hmm. not Brad Leo, 
um, I know, I know, I got. I don't want to say flack. It was a little bit of criticism in that it was more. What's the word like? That uh, um, he won it for like a, it was like a lifetime achievement award. Like, uh, should he have won it for Revenant? You know, you know, half the movie is laying around dead and stuff. Right. Right. There's a lot of people joking like, like, oh, you know, Leo got he got an award for going uh, for two yeah. hours. Well, if you want to see it. Yeah, it was like in a cocoon the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But if you want to see the skills that Leo's got, you watch this movie. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. He he deserves everything, every award, every every, he deserves it. He's that good in this movie. And Brad Pitt, too. Brad Pitt is great. He's freaking great. He kind of plays like a guy who's just kind of like, eh, right? Right. He's like, oh, whatever. It's all good. Everything's good. I, I really like that part where um, there was a flashback within, the, you know, during the movie on why he can't get any more stunt roles, and it's because of that rumor that he killed, killed his, his wife. wife. <laughs> and the the funny thing is, like, they never, you know, on camera, they never confirm whether they he don't. did it or not. Yeah, they don't. They and, don't. They kind of set it up like it might have been an accident. Yeah, but. But, you know, she kept nagging him, so I don't know, yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, maybe it was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in the theater, um, when it um, flashed back to when he's back on the roof again, like, the audience that I was watching it, and they all started laughing. Cause, yeah. You know, that was, that was pretty funny. Like, how yeah. is that? Yeah, it looked like, like, it looked like he was going to kill her, and then he doesn't. Right. And he just kind of says something like, ah, fair enough. Like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was really funny the way he did, but they don't. They don't confirm if he killed his wife or not. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and then so now, now the uh, yeah, now the uh, the staff, the crew, like the stunt crew, they're like, I don't know, should we hire this guy? Like Leo's like, hey man, you gotta hire Cliff, he's with me, and they're like, ah, I don't know, he didn't kill his wife, you know, and it's it's a lot of like it's bad publicity, bad PR if we if we hire this guy. So, but his character just kind of seems to roll with the punches, huh? He's like, okay, yeah. you know. Hey, what you know? What else do you need from me to do, Leo? And Leo's like, "Oh, can you fix the the antenna on my house?" Sure, no problem. Fixes it, and then he lives in a in a trailer behind a drive-in movie theater. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny with his dog. Uh, and then even even towards the end of the movie, Leo Leo gets Leo goes to he starts he starts filming spaghetti westerns um, in Italy for like what was it like a year or two. Yeah, it was like like six months for like three movies. Yeah, and he made make good money. He met his wife out there, and he comes back, and then he tells he tells uh, Brad that uh, or Cliff he tells Cliff, hey, I really can't have you around as my assistant. I have a wife to take care of now. I can't really afford it. And he just goes, okay, all right, I'll figure something out. Like, meh, doesn't phase him. Yep, and they, they just go, like so when it yeah when they get back they just um, go out for drinks and yeah they go get hammered. Hanging. Out, yeah, they just hang out for one more night before they move on, separate from their lives, and, and then it leads into that whole um, murder scene. So. Yeah, the Manson family rolls up, they roll in the house, and Brad, and then, yeah, and Brad had a, uh, 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 he had that cigarette laced with acid. He had it for like the whole movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> he finally goes, all right, tonight's the night. So he's tripping balls, and then these people break in to try to kill him, and he just he just kicks the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> and Leo, the whole time he's in the he's in his pool. Listening to the music, right? He's just chilling, right? Uh, and uh, he has no idea what's going on. Brad's inside, killing, you know, killing these guys, and 
one of the, one of the girls, I think uh, Brad breaks her nose. He throws the can of dog food in her nose, breaks her nose, and she runs outside in the back screaming, just in hysterics. Falls into the pool, and that's when Leo goes, "Oh shit!" He, run, he gets up and he runs into his uh, his shed. Comes out with a flamethrower from a, from an old World War II movie he made. Yeah, and he just cooks her with it. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was, yeah, was great, and then the. Yeah, and and just like you know, the, the ambulance comes, and then him and Cliff, and he's like, "Cliff, you saved my life. You saved my life." So it's almost like, like, uh, uh, like he was gonna keep him around somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be there tomorrow, man. But then, um, Polanski, well, he wasn't there, right? That's what you know. That that's what really happened. Polanski wasn't there. He was in Europe filming. So it was Sharon Tate and their friend were there, and his friend comes down and asks Leo what's hap- what happens, and Leo tells him, and his friend is super impressed. And then Sharon Tate is like, hey, why don't you come up and hang out? So Rick Dalton meets Sharon Tate, and you're assuming it's like a happy ending, right? Like, right. oh, like maybe his career is going to – she's like, you you should really meet my husband, Roman Polanski. I think he'd really like you. And he's like, well, okay. And the movie kind of ends right there. Like, hey, it's a happy ending from a Tarantino movie. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so just the, the whole movie is not – it's not what you expect at all. Like, it is – the story is is great. It's it's you don't know what's going on. It's everything's so like you said. It's like three different stories in one that comes together at the end. Um, it's not. It's very non-Tarantino in that way. Now, there, of course, there is ways that it is Tarantino. Um, uh, it's very non-linear, right? His movies are very non-linear. There's mm-hmm. a lot of flashbacks that just come, appear out of nowhere. It can it can get confusing sometimes. Um. Like when they showed the scene with with Brad Pitt and his wife, right? That just kind of popped yeah, up, right? And then uh, the scene with uh, with Bruce Lee when he fights Bruce Lee, right? That was a flashback within the flashback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one with his wife was a yeah. That was like yeah. two flashbacks. It's like two, and you get kind of confused, but um, you know that's, the, that's how Tarantino does it. His movies just flashback like that. Um, uh, really heavy dialogue, which is you know which is what he's known for. The super long shots, like you were talking about, uh, like when when Leo was shooting that movie within the movie, it was just one really long take, um, and that's I think that's I think that's what really gets you. It makes you forget that you're watching a movie within a movie because it's just one really long take with no cuts, and then all of a sudden Leo breaks character. All right, I need to redo this, and then they reset the camera. And then you're like, oh, and it, it kind of snaps you back. You're like, oh right. shit, that's right, I'm not watching this movie. Um. And then, of course, the over the top at the end. So, yeah, of course, it's Tarantino, but this was one that I would recommend for people who don't normally watch his movies uh, because they don't like Tarantino. If they're, you know, like, you know, my dad is like, ah, I don't really like that guy. I don't like his movies. It's too, you know, we'll give this one a shot. Just sit and watch this one and maybe you'll enjoy it. And it turns out he did. He went with my stepmom. They went to go check it out. And he called me up and was like, hey, you're right. That movie was super funny. Um, but it is. It's a super funny movie. Uh, very, very. I don't want to say. I don't. I don't know what the word is for not over the top. You know. Uh, but it was not what he expected. He expected a Tarantino movie that was just insane, uh, just like Hateful Eight and Django and Bat and uh, and Glorious Bastards. And it wasn't. It was totally not like that. He enjoyed it. Uh, my stepmom enjoyed it. And he was surprised. He was totally surprised. He thought he was going to hate the movie, even though I had 
talk to him about it. He still was like, nah, it's Aaron. I don't like this guy. I just don't like him. But he gave it a shot and he liked it. So um, my recommendation for anyone out there who, who is on the fence about seeing this movie because you don't because of Tarantino's reputation, give it a shot. Pretty sure you're going to like it, especially if you're a fan of Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio. Like, I don't know how you can't like this movie if you're fans of them. What 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 do you think about the um like historical inaccuracies like um with the ending like you know where all the the Manson gang like they get killed in that scene because in in, in uh, reality um, they do go into their um like they go in and they kill Sharon Tate right they mur- like she's murdered there like that was the yeah. night like where they're killed and um, he's done this with Inglorious Bastards too yeah when, yeah yeah when they he killed, killed Hitler. Hitler yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's great. I thought it worked because, you know, you know it's coming. The whole movie, yeah. Oh, here comes here. Here they come. They're gonna they're gonna kill Sharon Tate. They're gonna you know may, maybe they're just gonna witness it. I don't know, but you knew it. And then bam, no, it doesn't. They go to the wrong house. Brad Pitt kills them all. And I thought it helped with the ending. Like, it was a shocker, right? Right. Like whoa, that's not what I. After the movie, I was like, that was not what I expected. It made and I thought it made it better. Um, and it's like Tarantino said after he's like, look, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth are fictional characters. They're not real. This is a fictional movie. Right. Um, so in this fictional world, they prevent the, the Manson murders. So it's I'm cool with that. That's that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, same thing with Bastards. Right. He made up that that group. He made up all those characters. Yeah. And he's like, I can do whatever I want because they're fake characters. They're not real. Now, if they had used real actors and stuff. Yeah. Then you've been like. You know, if it was like Clint Eastwood, or or actually, um, you know, a better example, Burt Reynolds. That's who he, that's who they they based uh, Rick Dalton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burt Reynolds and his stunt double. I forget his name. Uh, that's who he based them on. So let's say if it was like Burt Reynolds, like there's really like they actually used Burt Reynolds and he stops the Matt Merge, then it would come off as like, wait a minute, that didn't happen. Yeah. Right. You don't buy it because you're like, Burt Reynolds didn't stop the Matt Murders, and. And even if you did do that now, like his family and stuff would be like, hey, what the hell? You know, um, Burt Reynolds had nothing to do with it. Uh, but since you're using fictional characters, it's OK. Like I, I thought it was totally cool. It was insane. And it, it made a hard left and it made me enjoy the ending that much more, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it ties the ending very well. I mean, um, I just think it's kind of weird. But again, you're, you're right. Like um, they're fictional characters so um so the movie itself is fictional right just based on you know borrowing from real life events so yeah yeah yeah. that's exactly it he borrowed from real life events to come up with this story uh it's almost like uh when the movie 300 came out yeah um a lot of that too hey that battle didn't happen this didn't happen well no it's a fictional story that he he made a comic out of that's not historically accurate at all and people didn't seem to not 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 a whole lot of people it was a small fraction that saw the movie didn't realize that and they were like this isn't accurate at all there's you know blah 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 history buffs and stuff and it's like yeah no it, it's just a story like he borrowed from real life events and made the story he made a comic book out of it and they made a movie out of it you have to be able to kind of you know realize certain things and got you got to let it go for the movie the stories for the story to work right 
Um, but uh, the, some funny, we, we were talking about, I mentioned this earlier about some controversy and you read up more on it than I did, but uh, there's some controversy going on with that Bruce Lee scene, right? Yeah. Um, so I didn't read into what um, his wife said, but I there was just today an article about um, Kareem. He's saying like the Tarantino disrespected his friend, you know, because he was close friends with Bruce Lee since they filmed a movie together back in the day. Um, just the fact that that's not how he is. Um, and the way he was portrayed where he's saying he could beat up anyone and all that stuff. That's not who he is. Um, and then also to make make him look bad by getting thrown into the car, which, yeah. which was funny. But yeah, that was a little bit uh, too much also, you know. So <laughs> I, I know it's to build up um, the story for, for Cliff. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. I completely understand it. But it's under it's on uh, Bruce Lee's expense pretty much, you know. Yeah. So I guess that's what people are having problems with. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't see that initially. I thought it was funny. I thought the scene was funny. Um, you know, where, like, he's like, what are you doing? When the, when, the, when the boss comes down, he goes, oh, he was beating up Bruce Lee. And Bruce goes, just just, uh, just for the record, no one was beating up Bruce. Like, <laughs> you know, it was funny. I thought it was funny. Uh, and they didn't really, like, it was one, like, they ended, like, on a draw, right? Right. Like, one to one. Yeah, because they got stopped, right? So yeah, they got stopped. So, you know, no one really won. No one really lost. Uh, and, it, and it makes Cliff Booth come off like, okay, this guy can fight. Because you show him he has skills. Right. Um, you know, that that's what works. But, you know, coming from Bruce's family and stuff, I can see, yeah, you know, he kind of came off as, you know, uh, the, the main thing is that he comes off as real arrogant. And yeah. Tarantino says he did a lot of research. And in his research, he found that Bruce was an arrogant guy. <laughs> And then his family and his friends are saying, no, he wasn't. So it's like, okay, someone's, you know, who's wrong here? I don't know. Um, you know, you can say, like, oh, Tarantino is just saying that, you know, for his story. And then, you know, some people were, you know, were saying that Bruce's family, they see him in, you know, through rose-colored glasses, right? Mm-hmm. So, no, he never did. He can do no wrong. He's Bruce. He's my grandfather. He's my whatever. Um so you're like, okay, is there an in-between? You know, did Quentin exaggerate? Yeah, probably. Did his, are his friends and family at Kareem, are they saying that, you know, Bruce was just like the saint? You couldn't do no wrong? Eh, well, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was a little cocky. Don't really know. You don't know. Um, it's just, there's just some, some unintended consequences. I don't, I don't think Quentin thought that was going to be a problem. <laughs> Yeah. So one one thing I didn't understand though, like uh, you know that line when Bruce Lee or someone asked him like, um, would you ever fight Clash's uh, Clay? And he's like, well, it would never happen. Like I didn't understand what that meant. Like why would they never fight? Is it just because of style or what? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking just because you would never box them. Okay. Ring. That's probably why. Like they probably didn't. That's probably what he was referring to. Like he would never street fight Cassius Clay. Or, or or they would never fight in the ring because Cassius Clay was a professional boxer who wouldn't street fight. The only way to fight him would be in the ring, and Bruce would never do that. So it's kind of like a boxer versus M- MMA type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and then also Bruce Bruce's was like a hundred pounds lighter, so right. There's no way they would let that they would let that fight go through. It'd have to be some <laughs> like exhibition, you know, type thing amateur type thing um but yeah it ended up being being a a, a fun i thought it was a funny scene uh but yeah you're right you said it you, you put it right that it kind of it comes at bruce lee's expense he kind of looks he kind of looks bad in that scene 
Um, but yeah, um, if you want to, I'm sure you, you guys have all seen the reviews. If you want to give it, you know, look at Rotten Tomatoes. But um, uh, Brian, if you want to give it a grade or anything, what, what would you give it? So when I first watched it, um, I think I had the same reaction you did. Like when the credits rolled, I thought this movie's okay. It's not. It's not the best of the Tarantino movies. But then, um, you know, over that weekend, I, I spent more time thinking about it. And in my head, the movie just got better and better. Like, yeah. the more I thought about the scenes and everything, um, I still wouldn't put it above Glory- Inglorious Bastards because I think that's... So, for me, that's my favorite Tarantino oh. movie. Um, but, like, if I were to give it a score out of 10, I would give it, like, an 8. And that doesn't mean it's bad at all. It's, it's really good. Um, it's just, like, not at the level where I would put above his other like his other movies yeah you know i had the same reaction after i saw it i thought you know the ending i was like what the hell did i just see that was crazy um and i was like yeah that was cool that was cool um and we were joking how at um at one of the uh the um film festivals he got like what a 10 minute standing ovation yeah like a seven minute it was like yeah. at Cannes, uh the film festival right right and i was like okay you guys need to calm down you're on this guy's jock a little too much it's like it's not that good uh but yeah when i when i actually started thinking about it and going over it in my head i was like you know what i think i sold it a little short and then as i started thinking about it same thing it got better um so i would do i was same thing i'll give it an eight 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 point five which is really really good um same thing personally i like bastards better um i really like bastards um hateful eight i don't know if i'd put above hateful eight um but it was it's it's still one of i mean to to me personally uh, tarantino only has two bad ones um death proof and jackie brown those two i are just they're not i'm or there's just his weakest efforts i think yeah and all his other ones are like just really, really good. So, um, yeah, I, w- I would give an eight or eight point five out of ten. Um, it's right up there with with some of his other ones, uh, like Kill Bill, um, the Reservoir Dogs. Um, I still Pulp Fiction for me is probably still his best one, mm-hmm. but but Bastards is is I would say better, and probably Hateful Eight I say would be better. Uh, this one I would put with like Django and Kill Bill and stuff, but it's. I mean, eight an eight out of ten is really good. Yeah, that's that's a good movie, and none of his movies, other than those two that I said earlier, are they're all good. They're all good. So it's hard to, it, it's up to your taste, pretty much. Um, you know, for example, like my sister loves Kill Bill. That's her favorite. You know, which is fine. All right, cool. I'm not going to argue against that. Um, but you know, for the movie's been out for a couple of weeks. I'm sure people have seen the reviews. They've made up their minds already. But just to throw in our little two cents, that's that's our grades uh, for the movie. Um, and- yeah, I, I just um, want to throw in like just some random random thoughts really quick. Like I um, when I was watching the movie, I I noticed like two things that that appeared twice, and I just thought it was a bit weird. Um, so one of them was like you know when they were showing those uh, hippie girls, they were walking like barefoot. You know they're wearing slippers, right? And then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when Cliff picks up that that girl and like she just sticks her foot up onto her into the glass, and her feet's dirty. So like that, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, cause she's wearing slippers and she's like hitch, hitchhiking all day. Hitchhiking, yeah. And then uh, they, 
you know, later on in the movie, they show like Sharon Tate, like going into a movie to watch her own movie. And she just relaxed, kicks back and takes off her boots. And then her foot is, is dirty, too. So I was wondering what what the meaning behind that was. So my so my guess is um, I don't know if um, this is right or not, but it might be that Tarantino's hinting that she might have been one of them. But I mean, there's no way to confirm that. Right. But that's just what I think, um, why he why he filmed it that way or. Maybe he just wants to show that um, they just like their foot, their feet are just dirty back then in the in the sixties. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, then they 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 put their feet right by the camera, right? Yeah, like right there. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty from my. Yeah, I, when you mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, he did. He kind of put their feet right in the camera. I don't know. I don't know why. If it was, <laughs> I don't know why. But it, yeah, it was. They're like just like bam. There's these dirty ass feet in your face. Right. <laughs> and then the other one is like uh, when when like Sharon Tate's like asleep after the the Playboy Mansion party. Like for some reason, for some reason, the camera just showed her sleeping, and then she's just like lightly snoring. And then at the end of the movie, when Leo and his uh, wife are flying back from Italy. You know, like it showed how how stressed he is because, like, uh, you know, he's flying back with a wife now and all that. Yeah, yeah. And they pan to his wife, who's asleep on a plane, and she's snoring too. So, I don't know what the message is behind that. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's from his personal experience or what, but I don't know. I just thought that was a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Just, just those like nuggets are pretty funny. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought I thought they were. I thought they were funny. You know, you see. Maybe because you know you have these really pretty girls and they're just snoring, yeah. like and you're like, what? That doesn't doesn't come together. Uh, but I mean, it, it helped for the story. It, just, it made everything funny. It kept the it kept the mood right. light when it it kept the mood light to when it got real dark at the end. Yeah. And now you know, I would say you know I'm, I'm anxious to look forward to his next movie, but I don't know what his next movie is going to be. Um, uh, there's a lot of rumors that he's going to do the next Star Trek movie. I don't know if you've seen the, I don't know if you've seen the reports on that. Yeah, I've heard something about it, but I don't know too much about it though, like whether or not it's going to happen or not. So yeah, yeah so um speaking of that, I noticed that the you know, he's under Sony now for distribution. So um maybe that might be that might make things easier for him to, to work with um with like, you know, a studio behind Star Trek, maybe. Yeah, I I I mean I don't know. It's, everything seemed to be going smooth so far. It's just the uh... The next star, the next Star Trek movie, um, you know, in the Chris Pine universe, um, set of movies is it's pretty much dead. It's pretty much dead on the vine right now. It's it's not going forward. It's it kind of just fell apart. And um, I don't know if it was just if they asked him to write a script for it or he volunteered, but he wrote a script for a Star Trek movie. And with that other movie kind of being dead, the studio the studio is kind of like well. Let's take a look at it. Let's let's see if this is something that can happen. And you know, obviously they have to look at it. It's gonna be you know, it's Tarantino. It's rated R. It's gonna be you know, like his other movies. But he's a huge, huge Star Trek fan, and he wrote. I'm sure he probably. I mean, it's gonna be rated R. He said it's gonna be rated R, but I'm sure it's not gonna be like his other movies in tone, right? Sure. He just can't. Um, but he supposedly he wrote a script that was very respectful of the canon um it was everything it was a legit script he didn't screw around and um it's apparently it's really good and if that other movie which never if it just never happens and i don't think it is it looks like everyone else kind of left already doing their own thing uh chris pine uh just did a, a couple movies on netflix 
Zachary Quinto is uh, he's on a show Nosferatu as the main villain. Uh, Zoe Saldana's Gamora. Um, Simon Pegg's in everything. <laughs> you know, uh, Carl Urban is on the show The Boys. Like everyone moved on. It seems like, and there's no reason for them to, like. I don't think any of those actors are like, hey, man, when's the next Star Trek movie? You know, they're busy. They're all busy. They're all doing stuff. And it just seems like that movie's just not going to go anywhere. So um, it's possible that the studio could just say, hey, you know, Quentin, you know, for your 10th and final movie, let's do a Star Trek movie. And I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. I do like these new ones with Chris Pine. I do like those ones, but I, I'm, I'd, be, I'd be excited to see a Tarantino Star Trek movie. I want to see what he, what he can do. Full on sci, full on sci fi. Uh, he's never really done that. Uh, I, I would be down. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a Star Trek fan either. But but like you, I I did enjoy those uh, the rebooted ones. Um, so yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see if if he does um make this movie. Yeah, uh, and it's like it will it probably won't know for a while. I mean, I mean Hollywood just came out and he's still promoting it and still doing that stuff so it's going to be a long time before we find out find out anything but um yeah um if you want to see uh, the most non-tarantino tarantino movie check out uh once upon a time in hollywood and uh pretty sure you're gonna enjoy it so that's my uh my my recommendation on things uh anything else you want to throw in brian nope that's it i think we've covered everything all right well um We'll be back uh, pretty soon. Hopefully, hopefully we have something before D23. That's still a week away. Um, but we want to get uh, Patrick back on here. Uh, he's going to join us pretty soon. And we'll talk about uh, something. I, w- I wish he could have seen this movie. Uh, being an actor himself, I'm sure he would have had some more insights. Uh, but um, he wasn't able to get to it just yet. So we'll have something coming up next. And... Uh, and for sure, we'll recap D23. Um, we're only going on Saturday, so but I'm sure we're going to see a bunch of cool stuff. And we'll let you guys, let you guys know what we see. But uh, that's it for me. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. Brian? All right. See you. Later.